Okay, I just want to start this episode with an extremely banal comment. Uh, last episode, I was talking about ethnic and sectarian tensions in the Middle East, including Syria. I said something about how the majority had like an iron fist in Syria. It's not true. The uh, Al-Assad family is actually Alawite. I think that's how you pronounce it. And... Um, and they are actually Shiite Muslims in a majority Sunni Muslim country. Uh, however, uh, most most Sunni Muslims are actually on the side of the government against the Syrian opposition, and most of the army is made up of Sunni Muslims. So it doesn't matter that much, but you know, it's actually a ruling minority in Syria, which I think I, I think I kind of wavered. I think I mentioned that it could be a, a min ruling minority, but I wasn't sure, uh, so that's just that comment. Now, I think Michael wants to tell us something about uh, something cringe that happened at his college. Do you want to go ahead and do that, It's some college Michael? cringe. We got some college okay. cringe. Um, so this bit might just flop. It might not actually be that cringy, but um, so we have to do this big um, project for the honors college. Um and it's like um, it's like our big thesis, right? In order to graduate, mm -hmm. and um, they're just making this stuff up as they go along. Like this is like we are the first group to go through the new version of the honors program, so they have no idea what they're gonna do about it yet, right? And they had meetings where people got in and like they um, they talked about um, what the project was gonna look like, and um, I didn't even get to go to the meeting because they just didn't send me the Zoom link. Um, right. <laughs> so, because they're just super disorganized, um, but I heard about it, and apparently the people who got on it, um, they just they would get on, and they're like, okay, so like, what do people would ask questions like, okay, so like, what should the research paper be about? Like, is there like any goal here? And they're like, yes, this is the goal, and then they pull up the UN development goals. <laughs> they're like, your your thesis has to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the list of 17 things the UN wants to do by 2030. So it's like give everyone in the world an internet router. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. that's pretty every, good. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody like had a response at all. Like I don't think anybody was ready to see that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's a big task, but I mean, I'm glad I, that I they're know, pushing y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> they're just like, uh, I, I think they were just like, what is something that is just like universally good, you know? Oh, just yeah. A, a super, like, everyone's going to think this is great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the UN development goals. Yeah, we want your uh, we want your paper to solve world hunger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It was a disaster. No, that is... <laughs> that is terrible. Um, I don't know. What are you supposed to even... So there's not like a rubric? It's just like the UN uh, uh, website it, for goals? It, it, yeah. They, they were like, somebody was like, is there a rubric? And then their answer was the UN development goals. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then they said, and then somebody asked, "Can you make an album?" And they said, "Yes." <laughs> like what? You're about to have like a like a "We Are the World" type beat. <laughs> exactly, dude. Yeah. Oh, there's gonna be some real yeah. the kumbaya just the, shit. Yeah, just the most like a uh, cliched like. Do they know it's Christmas? We're all one, one ra human race. <laughs> it's gonna be the, um, you know, like the same love by Macklemore. <laughs> yes. Somebody yes. should, somebody should make just a, an album of ten different people covering "Same Love" by Macklemore. Oh, that's a really good idea. That's that so would true. sell. That would sell. Like and call it, cakes. call it "Same Same Love." Yeah. Like, we're all the same, cause really we're all the same if you think about it. Yeah. True yeah. big facts. <laughs> uh, Evan actually doesn't doesn't think we're all the same, which is kind of messed up if you ask me. <laughs> Evan, do you want to explain your position? No. I'd... No. <laughs> no explanation. Okay. Well, we'll just let that stew. That perhaps you should change your opinion.
Because we are all the same. We are all one. I read that. You know, I've actually never really thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> now that you think about it, maybe we are all the same. <laughs> It's like, blink twice if you need help. <laughs> uh, yeah. Morse code torture. <laughs> now that I've thought about it, I've done some really deep reflecting. Um, I've, actually, I've actually had this idea. I know we didn't talk about this before, but I've had this idea that's been swirling around in my mind. That, like, what if... Okay, so, like, we're all computer simulations, right? That's kind of, like, a basic, like, idea, right? Everybody's a computer yeah. simulation. It's all the right. matrix, right? But I was thinking, what if we are, like, what if, like, everything that we've inscribed on the internet that, like, stays there forever, it instead of just being computer simulations, like, from scratch, they've taken all these, like, nodes of information and they've like connected the dots to find like what different people were doing and they've created simulations over what their behavior and their life would have been around their posting on and interaction with the internet so that like every every like they've used uh, the computers in the future they used like um you know they just scoured all your social media, everything that you put into the cloud and, you know, all the metadata that they have access to. And they've used that to try and, like, map out where you must have been everywhere at every time of your life. So, like, uh, I, don't, I, I don't know why they would do that. Like, historical simulation? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a... I think that kind of, you know, because I've always... Because you have, like, the P Copernican principle, right? Which is, like, any period, um, any, you know, any time that you were born in, at any place you were born in, isn't, like, any special compared to the rest of, you know, where people were born, when people were born, right? It, it, you would think things would be homogenous, right? But it is strange that we are, like, living in an era where... Uh, you know, we could have be could have been born like bugs or something like that, but we live in an era where where we're only beginning to transcribe information onto uh, this sort of large system that theoretically is going to exist like for the rest of the world uh, is, is you know exists. So yeah, that's what I've been thinking about. I don't know. Uh, if that makes any sense, or if that's just rambling <laughs> incoherence, but uh, that's a that's a more of an Evan question. Well, yeah, yeah. that's interesting. <laughs> like, um, well, there's an implication that the events. Well, assuming that the simulation is accurate, whatever we're experiencing has happened before in in the realm of the simulators and we we also yeah but it might not have actually like i like it it, it happened before like my life happened yeah. before but the betweens of the of you know what's not on the internet is sort the of inferred in. yeah. and, and that's yeah that's what's simulated that's, yeah yeah um <laughs> i just think the the because i've been thinking about it and it's like I mean, what are the odds that we're taking part in this thing? You know, there's only a, there's a very small amount of humans comparatively to all that have ever lived or any organisms or life in general that has ever lived that it has taken part in something that is so, like, uh, you know, far-reaching and uh, could perhaps go on indefinitely into the future, uh, you know, like... The records, I mean, Twitter is probably, like, never in our lifetimes going to, like, dump tweets, right? Like, they have servers um, that are prepared to just store things for an indefinite period of time and just an entire mass of things, like, people's entire lives are in servers for the first time. Mm -hmm. 
and you know that I think it's silly to think that like that's not going to be exploited by AI even in like the next 20 years the next 30 years I mean it's mm. already being exploited by AI but the idea that they're going to like try to simulate people just based on what they connect between different social media and anywhere they can get information about them and trying to simulate uh it's you know not only like what they are as a person which they already do but also like um where they are between yeah. every single post and what they're doing that connects them from one place to another uh so yeah i think that's an interesting thought that's, uh, that's obviously not what nietzsche meant about time being cyclical but it's an interesting, <laughs> uh, yeah and i was thinking you know since it we're so early in it you know simulations that are probably at the beginning they probably have like a primacy so it's like things that are inscribed first in the network might be simulated more than things that are inscribed later just because you know things that are first so if they, are so like early maybe easier to find or more like interesting as opposed to yeah um and then it's also like cuz it's also like when you get farther into the you know in the future um when AI has more of a presence, it's going to be harder to distinguish between things that aren't AI and things that are AI. So they might want to, so they might like go towards like a golden age of the internet that we might be in right now, or that we might have just passed, where computers and um, real people could be easily, you know, you could easily tell the difference between them. Uh, and that data set would obviously be more interesting, you know, would get you more uh, relevant simulations than something that's clouded with a lot of uh, bots and uh, fake information created by other AI. Yeah, you mean, so you'd have to that sift that out. Yeah. Um, at some point, it's going to be harder to distinguish between a Twitter account that's run by a bot and one that's run by a, an actual person. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, if you're if you're doing so, some sort of like system wide yeah. scan, and you know you run into like, or you're doing it for a person, and you run into a bot that's using that person as like a guise, like using their right. picture or something, um, which like, if you like, this is already happening. Like, if you look up your Twitter, <laughs> or you like, look at like just google your usernames like you're going to find like websites whose entire job it is to just mirror what your tweets are and it's very it's very strange but you know you wouldn't want that excess information because that probably is tagged with different things mm -hmm. and it's probably you know probably easy to filter out at this point but you know in the future it might be harder to filter out stuff yeah because like some of these bots are really um human like especially um bots that post um drake quotes on twitter once an hour um, yes our, with, our friend oh, gray with <laughs> captions like yes sir ski <laughs> yes sir ski oh my god i had to mute i yeah, i muted that. the bot too <laughs> our our friend gray has created uh, a python it's it runs on python it's a twitter bot uh it's pretty simple it just has like a a certain set of drake quotes pictures of drake with a. Uh, stupid drake quotes like a uh, last name greatest or last name ever first name greatest stuff like that and it just posts them and it was supposed to post them i think every like six hours or every 12 hours but apparently the python or apparently twitter kept crashing for the python bot and python's response to the twitter crashing was to uh post it again uh like at the beginning of the timer, I guess it posted. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, so it have... was post. It was posting like, it would post like three times in ten minutes, and then not post yeah. again for like ten hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually I I would say off. It was usually about every fifteen minutes. We should really have Gray on to talk about it because for a while there, because it, 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 it felt like it had organically increased its own amount of output. Like it it had yeah. organically <laughs> made itself post more Drake quotes. And I was thinking that we actually had like a Skynet type situation going on, and that things were about to get really bad and the drake quote was about to take over the system and we were going to be living in drake 
Drake Town in in the United States of Drake America, and yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think we were really close on that one. I th- right yeah. to your point. But, Sorry, what? Okay. No, okay. you go. You go. Uh, to your point about um, the in in the idea of this this sort of anthropological simulation where. Uh, yeah. they're compiling data from the internet and making inferences based on it. Um, yeah. And at some point, it becoming difficult to distinguish between other AI and actual humans. Um, you know, last week or sometime recently, we were talking about adversarial neural networks and how... Yeah, what are they called? GANs? Yeah. Um, generative adversarial yeah, network and how the um, yeah. the discriminative network, right? Which is the counter. Yeah, I'll just explain it for Michael uh, and people. Yeah, listening. I have no idea what. So this a is. generative neural network, um, or it's called a generative. Uh, oh, what what is it? I just said it. Generative adversarial, adversarial network. network. Yeah. So so it works kind of. It's pretty intuitive how it works. So basically, it's it's a network that's made up of two different agents that are both artificial intelligences. So you have the generator and you have the discriminator. So you feed the discriminator data so that it can tell um, what's, uh, you know, you could say, figure out what's a cat and what's not a cat, right? And then you make the generator create images that um, it think will, it, it thinks will fool the discriminator. And then basically you train the generator and the discriminator to get better and better at fooling each other to the point where now from a neural network that was just um, discerning whether images were one thing or another, now you can actually create images based on the, the data that, that, right. the, that they both um, were able to get. Uh, is that a good way of explaining it, so, Evan? Yeah. Is that think, accurate? Yeah, I think that works well. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're talking about the discriminative right. agent. And whenever we were first having this conversation, I made the comment that um, what's happening there really is the model is Turing testing itself, basically. Um, yeah, yeah, no, which, yeah. With the, with the discriminative that's, network uh, running the test. On yeah, the that's exactly network. the idea. Um, and I was I was just gonna point out that in the um, in the situation that we're talking about with this simulation, uh, trying to determine what uh, what like past internet presences were humans and which ones were uh, were AI. It's, it would be the yeah. same thing happening, which I just, mm-hmm. something about the idea of, of that is really, uh, really fun and interesting to me. Like, the... <laughs> yeah, uh, I saw a tweet that was talking about, um, it was talking about GPT-3, and GPT-3 uh, is, I don't know exactly how it works, but... Basically, it has a lot of uh, it's a it's a neural network with a, a lot of um, parameters and and um, so it basically you can type in like a topic. I don't really know much about how like its guts work, but I know like its function and you can you can do a lot of things with it. You could type in a topic and it will write a paper for you. And the papers that have been written with GPT-3 are actually, like, very, um, sometimes they have, like, they at least aspire to be profound, and some of them have, like, these sentences in them that, like, probably were said before by a human, but seem, seem like an AI shouldn't have generated them, and then it turns out they probably were completely generated by AI. Even though it's not coming up with anything, it, it, it works as such a hyper-dimensional model of where um, words fit together that it actually um, 
becomes so much like a real model um, uh, of the brain or something like that. But um, some the tweet was about how it's going to be really interesting when uh, you have a lot of the internet that's taken up by like uh, GPT-3 type uh, AI speech. And then you have another AI that is running and it's and it takes in that AI speech like it's human speech because it's just trying to get as many parameters as possible. Uh, and then it sort of, uh, you know, it sort of just becomes a positive feedback loop where it... Do you think it would get less more, lifelike then? It would be, it would get more and more artificial? Like, yeah. They would play um, off each other like that? Yeah, probably... Probably it's that's probably probably a downside, but it's still interesting to see. Um, like there was a, it kind of lets you see like if something like that were to happen, you could see sort of the more technical aspects of it on its face. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, you could see like what it really uh, is trying to do with text. That's more right. than just oh, and like you, the mistakes you know. it makes just like multiplies. So you can yeah, see what they are. exactly, exactly. Um, you can and, learn a lot through language in general based on um, like mistakes people make. Like um, mm-hmm. I don't know, and this happens in people too. I don't know if um, y'all noticed when um, when I was in high school, I had an exchange partner from Germany, and he came and lived with me for a month, and y'all met yeah. him. I remember and, that. Yeah, and he would make mistakes with English grammar that if you were attentive enough of somebody who just did not know, understand German whatsoever and listened to all the mistakes he made in English grammar, you could actually kind of piece together what German grammar is supposed to be. Um, yeah, I think... It, it, which it was pretty interesting. And I was able to like identify all of them because like I'm actually pretty good at German grammar like that's one of the only parts of the language that I'm like good at <laughs> so I know mm-hmm. all of those rules like by oh. heart so like as soon as he would say something I'd be like this is what the I would like correct the sentence in my brain and then also come up with the sentence in German that he was trying that he was like reaching for so and you could do the same thing with an AI in that situation you could figure out like what mistakes the AI makes to figure out how it thinks of speech yeah, no, for sure. I think the thing about AI that a lot of people don't get is that um, you're never, like, in our lifetimes, like, AI is never going to be so good. It's never going to be as good as, as humans at, like, being, like, uh, like knowing and understanding, like, functional functionalities of things, right? Like, when as a human, like, when we think of, like, uh, any object... Uh, we sort of think about its appearance for us, um, but really, when you have an AI and an object, an object is actually just sort of like a conglomeration of other objects with relations to each other, and then you can take that object and make relations to other things because that's what the that's what you know GPT three is doing. That's what a lot of neural networks are are doing when they have. To, they're really great at, at making connections. Uh, based on things that are already there um and not necessarily uh not necessarily figuring out why those connections are there or what makes those connections there so in but it, it you know in a way that kind of stunts it but in another way that that makes it really interesting to play with because you can find these connections that when you're in a functional state of mind you would never find right um one thing, there's this uh, thing called the Deep Music Visualizer, which basically, uh, I'm not sure exactly how it works, but it, it turns tones into images in a way that each tone, um, or, or, you know, it takes series of tones, right? But basically, if you're playing a song and it doesn't, like, jump, like, rapidly from one tone to another, like, unnaturally, right, there's a transition in there the images that it makes are pretty close to each other and uh one video that i watched found that trains and bridges actually look very alike to the program to the point where and they called it a latent space where um trains and bridges are almost like exactly alike to this network um which i thought was funny because you know you never think of those no no human would think of those as very similar or the same but, right. Um, 
in fact, like reason, one AI one does. uses the other. Like one is on the other. Yeah. So you can tell where one stops and the other starts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so I and I think what I'm trying to illustrate there is that even though AI is stunted, um, that in that it can't process the whys of things it can only just process what is connecting one thing to another like when you talk about like when gpt3 scans a book right it doesn't it doesn't think it's not trying to analyze why any word is where it is it's uh, it's trying to analyze just the connections and where the word is compared to other words how far away is it is it like, are there things that would imply that it's an opposite of another word? Are there things that would imply that it's a synonym? Uh, what does every word mean in relation to every other word? But that, but you know, it never, it never takes that. We we don't think of an like an elephant as being near other words and connecting to other words. We think of it as a physical object that's an animal with certain physical characteristics, but. Net, uh, neural networks just are completely separate from that uh, and even though that hurts them in one way and makes it so that there are a lot of things that we can't use them for or we shouldn't use them for uh, it also means that we can analyze them and find connections that we probably wouldn't find if we were, are just in our human mode of thinking that's purely thinking about uh, the physical and not thinking as much about relationships. Yeah. I think... Um, I think our mode of thinking works relationally, too. I think it's just a, a on a much more complex um, system of organization. Um, well, sure, but I think I think some of our I think most of our relations are also are also functional too, right? Like I think like I think our similarities between the way we make similarities between things isn't based on like their position compared to other things in like like when we read a book we're not we're not figuring out like what the book means based off of the positions of the words we're ba we're right. thinking about the structure we're thinking about our how we would feel if we were in certain uh things that the book is describing uh how the book relates to us um in the physical world and that's just not that's just on a whole different level from what a neural network even you know tries to be that's not what it's trying to be it's trying to make a uh again it's trying to make a hyperdimensional model of things and then try to generate things mm -hmm. off of that with uh well like m like markov right. chains and stuff like that which which have no no like a markov chain <laughs> there's no statistical way of like uh finding what is the most correct thing to put after it's just the most statistically yeah. relevant thing that's true right so i don't yeah that's true yeah and uh, to the extent of um that they exist now the the forms of neural networks and AI that we have presently that's definitely true but I don't see any reason why that sort of functional um, organization isn't implementable we just have to figure out exactly what we mean by functional relations yeah, with enough with enough power, I think it could be um, like a lot something of power. Something that so, yeah, well, <laughs> you know? something um, uh, Yudkowsky talks about in uh, in that paper that we might read eventually. <laughs> um, yeah, might read. <laughs> uh, in 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 I, levels uh... of organization, in general intelligence, is that. Um, 
biological intelligence, um, happens, or, or, or thought rather happens, um, simultaneously on a very large scale. So we have, we have, yeah. you know, um, however many neurons firing at once, um, mm -hmm. insane amounts of computation happening at the exact same time. Um, yeah. Some of it completely disconnected right. from each other too. That's one thing that's, that's, it's, that's one thing that people don't talk about the human brain a lot. Like a lot of its parts don't have to communicate with each other to be doing the same thing, which is very weird. And we don't really understand exactly how it does it. But, um, like the, the idea of the like conscious mind, um, like the idea that there's just one whole conscious mind, uh, and that's the entire mind, right? Like not even yeah. talking about like the division between conscious and subconscious, like every single part of it is fragmented mm -hmm. and not necessarily communicating with each other at all part at, at all times. That's true. Also, so, yeah. um, no, sorry no. to interrupt. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, conversely though, computers have a relatively small capacity for, for simultaneous computation. They have some, but it's way less, uh -huh. but, but yeah, they are able to do sequential operations way faster than we are. Incredibly. So, yeah. so Very that's the trade-off, or that's one of the trade-offs. But if you can, if you can yeah. figure out how to play to that trade-off, then you can design structures that aren't a one-to-one -one replica of what is happening in the brain, but that uh, that use these differences in. Uh, in computational power to accomplish the same goals. Yeah, I think that's I think that's well put. I think I think it's just so I think it's something that we'll see in the future as computers get more powerful and more powerful, but it feels like there's a huge disconnect between like like making a moral judgment that a human does of, of like what should exist and um, or what should happen in the future and stuff like that uh, and like a computer like and the, and the idea is that like I don't know I don't know if, it, if we if just adding computational power is enough to like bridge that gap like there's so much that's happening in the brain that's more than computational power there's chemicals there's um you know there's neurotransmitters uh there's a lot of plasticity um and a, and like plasticity in a way that you probably couldn't get with any like you know silicone system very easily yeah. right uh yeah so i don't i don't know um it'll be interesting to see it's do you have any com more comments, Evan? Because I, I think you're pretty good at uh, talking about this in particular. <laughs> Probably better yeah, than I am. Thank you. I don't... One of the few things I'm maybe good at talking about. Um, well... Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to bring up something else that, that uh, he brought up in that paper, which I think was... Um, he, he makes a point that it's very important to uh, be aware of what not to program um, mm -hmm. because most of our knowledge um, and the the information that exists in our brain uh, that informs our thought and decision-making 
is not innate. It's learned through experience. And mm -hmm. um, it's a problem for programmers because the, the programmer's instinct is to um, preload or, or, yeah, yeah, to like preload as much information as possible. Um, mm -hmm. But that's, that's, that's one thing that I was, I've been thinking about, it, sorry to interrupt. That's one thing I've been thinking about. Um, I've been thinking about how, like, how silly the idea that, like, if you just got a computer up to human level, that it would, like, instantly be a, as intelligent as, like, you know, somebody today. Uh, like, we, like, we're not just, the, the information we have now and the intelligence and all of that, uh, like, is, is leagues more than, like, you know, what one guy in a, in a field was doing 8,000 years ago, you know, it, it took billions, yeah. like, it took a factor of, like, a billion of these machines, uh, over thousands of years, <laughs> right, to actually get to the point we're, we're at now, and to talk the way we are now, so the idea that, like, and this is what I think is interesting, I think if you get to that point of computational power that's equal to or or you know com comparable at least to a human even maybe like a very dumb human right yeah. <laughs> uh it'll be interesting because at that point it's going to have to i don't know if there's much more to do with just giving it more power yeah. if you want to make it actually act like a human and have the creativity of a human etc etc um has to associate with other things of the same intelligence and learn. Yeah, or it has to like, or it has to be able to simulate that within itself, if that makes any sense. Like, right. in the same yeah. way that like a neural network kind of simulates like, like evolutionary things where, or at least some neural networks do that, where they, uh, they sort of take a population and then they, they pick the most, you know, uh, the most fit uh you know fitness is a large thing in uh neural networks as well as evolution if it could do that within itself to sort of make a model of you know morality or philosophy or, or things like that things that we consider innately human then maybe it would be able to train something and also of course you know it would have to communicate with things close to it and then even then I, I you know i don't know if it's enough uh it's hard to say i think the people i think the people who are like you know bracing for like singularity are very silly because i don't think i think uh or like a hard singularity right that's the distinction is between people who think that it's just gonna like be like a brick wall where you know you, you hit it and then I accidentally hit my mic, you hit it, and then it just <laughs> goes way up. That's, I think, uh, you know, some people say we're in the singularity already, and the idea that computers are learning from each other just very slowly, and so, sort of, the this is the beginning of, like, uh, you know, like a very soft intelligence takeoff yeah. that just slowly replicates, uh, or slowly gets, you know, learns from itself, but just, you know at a fraction of a pace that the people who think that it's going to be exponential would think of it as. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any Word. other comments? Do you have any other comments, Michael? Um, well, I was going to say, like, a lot of what this conversation is about, like, how the human brain kind of, like, how the human brain works and in relation to, like, computers and stuff kind of relates to like the psychedelic experience in a way where it's like you're talking about like um all the parts of the brain doing different things like being able to work on the same problem but not communicating mm -hmm. with each other and um it's interesting because like under like psychedelic influence a lot of parts of the brain are working with each other whenever they usually don't and in addition to that you were talking about um the, the like um 
the difference between finding relationships between words just because they're associated with one another and um, finding associations between words and concepts, right? And mm-hmm. that's like something that humans are better at doing. Um, people describe the sensation of ego loss sometimes at, or ego death is something where you have one thought and you think one thing and it could be something as simple as like a word or a phrase yeah. or, or like a memory or something like it could be a word or it could be a concept and then it like just exponentially branches out um into like every other like thought memory or concept or word you have just like stored in your brain and then you just start thinking of as much at once as your brain can possibly handle and then it shrinks back down to zero and that happens like once every few minutes so it's really overwhelming but basically like that's kind of like what you're what you're talking about there with like an, an example of a human actually doing the thing you're talking about computers doing where it's just like raw association of things I think just that, because I think, they're close to each other i think that's a very astute thing uh, uh, observation i do think psychedelics do make you think a little bit more like a computer uh think a little bit more um you know make more connections um rather than thinking of things as just sort of well it's hard to say i think i think it uh I think it takes a lot of the things that you didn't think could connect and, and connect them in the same way that you were talking about. And I, and I, I had a, a, an experience. I don't know. It, it probably wasn't as extreme as that, but like the thought space going to like zero, like mm-hmm. that's something that I've experienced myself. And it's, uh, it's incredibly frightening. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, it, it's clearly like very a very foreign way to think and it, it sort of is so like so much of a shock that it, it's kind of after that it's kind of hard to get back into the human way of thinking mm-hmm. uh, everything feels like like it feels like you're you've like it feels like everything is sort of raw and more intense after that probably because your your brain has to literally like, rewire itself or like yeah. figure out how to not like think about things because if if a if a human thought about things like a computer does like it would it would crash like it right not, exactly yeah. it cannot that, work and, that way and that's what happens in these scenarios that's why like you're yeah it goes back down to zero it's just because mm-hmm. it literally like crashes yeah like it is just too Damn. much to handle that's crazy yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you can crash your brain don't do it you though can, don't, don't disclaimer do it. don't do it yeah <laughs> but you can yeah you can crash it without killing yourself it's just probably it's probably almost probably, as bad. It's probably worse yeah <laughs> <laughs> it might be worse <laughs> it might be worse yeah. yeah no i don't i think that's a very astute yeah observation that psychedelics I think psychedelics definitely do have a, a sort of a innate connection with the question of what makes like biology different from a biology, if you want to mm-hmm. call it that, right? Where you have a just a different way of thinking about um, or a different way of processing information uh, that I do think that you sort of experience in a way um, when your brain is just because I'm. It's, Michael, you're the drug nerd. It, acid just like floods your brain with serotonin, right? That's what it right. does. Right. That's that's it pretty just, much all it does. It's just like yeah. a crash, right? Yeah, and it and it it sends these. So basically, it binds to your serotonin receptors. So it tricks your brain into thinking that it is serotonin. So it doesn't uh-huh. flood your brain with serotonin. It makes your brain think, or it it just fits into the receptor the same way the serotonin would. And the serotonin mm-hmm. is something that's biological, so your brain can just break it down easily and just get rid of it, right? But yeah. um, LSD isn't. So it just sticks right. in the receptors, and then your brain can't get rid of it. So it just gets lodged. That's very yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. I, I'll have to read more about it. Um, but f- to me, it seems like, that makes sense that the idea that you just flood your brain with what it at least thinks is serotonin Mm. and so it starts just making these connections willy-nilly wherever it can uh that's interesting i don't know i'll have to read about it i'll have to read about it 
Um, yeah, it's something that we don't I'll we don't understand. Yeah, we don't understand how psychedelics yeah. work because research on them was just banned for so well, we long. Don't, we don't. Yeah, I mean, partially it's just because we don't understand the brain. I'm sure, um, and also because most psychedelic research was how to uh, um, implant memories into enemies. <laughs> <laughs> that was most. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, like MK Ultra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, MK Ultra. <laughs> That's so. Cr- it's so. They're like, strange. yeah, we need to make this illegal. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, the Adam Curtis documentary talks about. Um, MK Ultra, and it talks about yeah, how I, they Yeah, I think tried, I did see that bit, yeah. It, yeah, it talks about how they tried to implant memories, and all they could do was just wipe, like, holes. I don't know if they used acid, um, but they did, it was oh, probably some did. terrible cocktail. Yeah. It was probably some yeah. terrible cocktail of, like, acid, and, like, mental torture, and just awful things. <laughs> yeah, they were, yeah, he said exactly what it was. I know it involved acid, and then it was some yeah. very bizarre circumstance. It was, like, it acid was probably, and solitary confinement, or something. Oh, yeah, it was probably, like it probably was, like, it was probably not even, like, LSD. It was probably, like, DMT, or something like that. I mean, I'm sure they... It's definitely possible, yeah. They, I'm sure they, it was just the most intense... Yeah, because I mean, like the, the thing is, they because the idea is like, okay, we need to implant memories. Oh, we can't do it yet. Have we tried even more extreme, <laughs> like psychedelics? And so yeah. you just they probably just got into this, you know, OODA loop where they were just like, we gotta keep, we gotta just keep trying more and more extreme stuff. Yeah, yeah it um. Yeah, it's it's definitely messed up, and I um he has footage of like somebody who was actually like in the trials for it, <laughs> and was yeah. just like yeah, it just like ruined my life. Like I got out and I was just like I could not do anything. I could yeah, not she was like I don't know what test. I don't know what sex is. I don't know what a funeral is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. She she described going to a funeral and like um, forcing herself to cry because uh, like everyone else was crying yeah. at the funeral. She's not like, being able to cry. Yeah, and, and she's just like, I feel like I am feeling the adequate weight of this experience. I just did not know mm-hmm. that you are supposed to cry at funerals, and yeah. I didn't understand why. So twentieth yeah. century it's, was um... awesome. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> I don't think that's what I got out of my study of the 20th century, but okay. <laughs> no, I think that's a that's pretty accurate. Isn't it, strange? <laughs> it was pretty awesome. <laughs> Isn't it strange the people... I still think about this. The people who saw the 20th century, and then they finally got to, like, the 80s and the 90s, and they were like, I'm so glad it's over. <laughs> like... <laughs> We're finally done. We did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we beat the we beat the Russians. We uh, th- nothing possibly could go wrong. <laughs> yeah. And then nine eleven. And then nine eleven. You think that's where it all went to pot? That was. Oh, the... <laughs> I mean, I think that's where like most of the people were like, "Oh wait, there's still we're still problems. in this. Yeah, yeah, we're still in this. We're still going." This is the never the going to end. The ride never stops. The ride never stops. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> no, it's not. Um, Do we have any other things to talk about? I think we've spent that. We, uh, um, yeah. We can talk about, um, we can talk about Lolita. <laughs> oh, yeah. Evan yeah. recently finished Lolita. Mm-hmm. I read that book a long time ago, probably like high school, early high school. I've never read um, it, but it's on my list. I thought right it now was... I'm doing I'm doing this one right now, Slaughterhouse Five. Slaughterhouse Five. I yeah, read that I'm only this far too. into it, and I didn't. I, used I haven't to, read it. In I a used while. to read. I used to read so much, and then I just stopped. You just started playing League of Legends. I started. No, <laughs> no, I don't. Th- I don't think that's what happened. I played League of Legends in elementary school, which was a terrible. It was because my uh, after-school teacher was like, okay, so anyways, yeah, my after-school teacher uh, taught me to, I think he just singled me out for some reason and was like, hey, kid, you should uh, you should play League of Legends. And that was that's probably the worst thing you could do to anybody. I mean, yeah, why he, would you do that to someone? You. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just a nice young kid, and he just ruined my entire life with one fell swoop. And I don't know why he did it. But anyways, um, 
yeah, I don't read as much as I used to. Uh, probably because I, like, have friends and, like, leave the, <laughs> my house. <laughs> like. Yeah. That'll do it. Know. Yeah, that that will do it. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't mean to offend people who, like, read books a lot. Like, there's definitely things I could cut out of my time and still, like, have a social life. But, like, I've never wanted to, like, cut out those times, I guess. And so what I'm stuck with is, like, trying to... Because, like, at early high school, I just didn't have any friends. Yeah. <laughs> so... Or I didn't, like... I didn't leave the house, right? So... Yeah. Well, that... I mean, that's before you can drive. So if you don't do, like, activities or, like, sports after school, you're just kind of, like, in in the house. Yeah. No, I never... Never... I just sat in the house, really. But, yeah, Lolita... What do you think about Lolita Evan? I loved it. It was great. His uh, okay. Novikov's. Uh, that's sus. Be careful. You don't want to be like too. No, I'm kidding. I loved it too. I loved it too. There was that girl who got canceled for saying she liked Lolita a lot, and like the problem is like K-pop stands on Twitter like Googled it and were like, "Oh my God, she's a pedophile." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, what'd you love about it? Um. Nabokov's style of prose is just mm-hmm. so amazing. Like, it, yeah, um, his his flow. I think one. Yeah, he's he's a fun it's, he's yeah, fun to yeah. read. I think one part of it is uh, Nabokov was was Russian, yeah. wasn't yeah. he? Isn't that his native um, language? Russian, and then but I think he, he spent a lot of his. He wrote Lolita. He wrote Lolita right. in English, and I think that's one reason why it's so fun to read, because it is written for English. Um, it's translated. not, like, translated by somebody. I think he also was raised largely in France. And, yeah, no, he was. And then moved to America. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I think... I think, um, yeah. I think he wrote Lolita in France. I might yeah. be wrong. Well... I might be wrong. Um, the narrator immigrating from France. Uh, yeah. It kind of, like, in some ways you can tell that it reflects his own experiences. Yeah. Um, probably not the whole um, tween raping. Uh, probably not yeah, that part. Yeah, maybe not. But um, I don't think. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. But, uh. Maybe not. Maybe so. And, maybe not. Well, well, one of my, I think my favorite part of it was, um, I mean, how the way so much of the book is, uh, Humbert, describe Humbert Humbert, Humbert. Yeah, describing just his impressions of various things about America and like things he sees on the road Mm -hmm. and um, things that are sort of uh, sort of we maybe take for granted in some cases and um, it's really interesting to get it's um, I mean I just I think it's a really great piece of Americana honestly um, yeah i can see where it's because it is very much like uh he is kind of like hunting her down for a lot of well, it well they're on the road together <laughs> except oh yeah 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 i don't want to spoil it for michael uh um, yeah i'm this is on my it's a good it's, list it's, i'll get to it at some point really great um yeah i i thought it was i watched I think it's always fascinating um, getting uh, when like non-American authors visit or move to America and then like write about their yeah. impressions, especially so. As Michael lent me a book America called by America, by America by Jean Baudrillard. By Baudrillard. <laughs> is it how yes. do you say it? Baudrillard? I have no idea how to say ba- it. I know the the emphasis on the is on the last syllable because it's French, but I don't know how to do that. Bajri, Bajriah. Yeah, something like that. 
I don't know. I think that's closer. Uh, that, that name is unpronounceable. Um, Jean. Yeah. <laughs> Jean. My, my, friend, my friend John. Yeah. My friend John Badriard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Badriard. He, he has a great book about America. It's. Um, yeah. I mean, every single line of that book is just that like one quote. Scathing. That one. That one quote that uh, talk. He's he talks about like how you'd think that like the way that the roads are are were built in America um you'd think that like the cities were sort of like just off-roads of them in the mm-hmm. same way that like people would build cities around rivers instead people built cities around roads which i thought yeah, was a funny i thought that was a funny comparison uh, and i think a, a thing that's like an even more like something that's like more depressing but in that same vein that was in that book that was kind of crazy is he was in la and he identified mm-hmm. he says the only public space in los angeles is the freeways that yeah. is the only place where people um, there, gather with strangers. All there was to do this the same diagram. Thing. There was this diagram I saw on Twitter of Detroit and how much of Detroit was taken up by roads. And like, oh yeah, <laughs> well that's because like, of that's because of lobbying from the auto industry because that's like the headquarters of the auto industry. So there's like no maybe. mass transportation in Detroit. Yeah, it's like all sense. like just pavement. But it was no, it was it was it was a. It started out as like a white map, and it was just like all black by the end of it. It was crazy. Yeah. It's like how do you? <laughs> it's like yeah. how do you have a town that's fifty percent road? <laughs> have y'all ever looked at um? like just pulled up like google earth and just like looked at even like nashville just like looking at mm-hmm. like how much of it is parking lot like just how much asphalt you see from the yeah. top it's just this is not a city this is a place to park <laughs> like yeah convenient parking by a modest amount. i haven't read america but does yeah. he talk about disneyland in that he, he does. He yeah, loves he, Disneyland. He, he, <laughs> John Baudrillard loves he, Disneyland. He reused that bit in uh, in, yeah. in Simulacra and Simulation. He also talks about how Disneyland is like well, the Disneyland. Part nobody of talks about how crazy. Yeah, nobody talks about how crazy Disneyland is. I mean, you can you can look into it. You can look how like basically our entire vision of the future was shaped by disney world and how like mm-hmm. weird epcot especially epcot yeah. epcot is weird the the lore yeah. around epcot is a rabbit hole if you yeah, want to yeah. if you want to get into a rabbit hole like read about read about uh, epcot <laughs> <laughs> yeah that place yeah. is bizarre have you all yeah. ever been there it's a weird looking place i've been to epcot i was really young though i don't think I yeah have. i was pretty little too yeah it's worth seeing. We is should Space we should Mountain take a. Epcot? We, I think that's at the main one. That's at the Magic Kingdom, I think. Is uh, well, um, I've been to I've been to Orlando? Disney. Yeah, oh, okay. Epcot's at the one in Orlando. Yeah, yeah. That's the only one I've only been to. Is that Disneyland Disney, Disney or Disney World? World? That's Disney World. Yeah. I think okay, I've only been to Disneyland. Disney World. I've never been to we the should, other one. We should take a boys trip to Disney World. <laughs> How much is it? Is it like a hundred dollars for a day? And the lines yeah, are think, ridiculous. Yeah, I think if you get just like the the shit ticket that like you don't mm-hmm. get like to a head start in any line, it's pretty cheap. But um, like you kind of need to like get like the fast pass or whatever. Yeah. The um, and also like the thing about Disneyland is or Disney World is like, it costs a certain amount to get in, but then every hotel in the area is super expensive, and um, food is really expensive, so like you end up spending a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not that far away. No, I've I've driven. It's pretty far away. It's like it's it's longer than you think. Looking, it's around ten hours. It's around ten hours. Yeah, but we could like. I mean, we could find like a hotel a little far. Uh, we'll we'll leave the logistics for after the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna call this podcast planning a trip to Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> we just plan a trip to Disney we World. Can, all we the can podcasts. find a hotel yeah. in like Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like t- t- yeah, that would couple hours, even like like a couple hours away. Yeah. You know, the, some Roach yeah. Motel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um 
I watched yeah, Disney World's weird. Uh, we could we could read Baudrillard and then go to Disney World mm-hmm. <laughs> and do a little do a little <laughs> boys trip. <laughs> we could have a we could have a book club like the Wachowskis did before they. <laughs> yeah, and then we could make a movie called The Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. And get red pilled. True. Yeah. <laughs> that is the best scene in movie history. Uh huh. I've. I actually saw that movie for the I first need... time last week. Actually, oh. actually, how, did you like it? Okay. Uh, yeah. It was, How was it? Oh, also, it was, Evan's bone scan went fine. Oh, yeah. We brought that up yeah, last time. It just I, left I it hanging. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he doesn't have cancer. <laughs> Let's go. Love you, Ryan. <laughs> I, no, I'm kidding. I love you too. I don't. I don't want you to have cancer. I was being facetious. Uh, more cancer, at least. I, already, I guess you already kind of have cancer. No, they took it out. Yeah, but. You know, it's kind of like no, they you know, took it out. still there. <laughs> they they spiritually. Yeah, I have I have phantom spiritually. <laughs> you have spiritual cancer. <laughs> I'm like telling no. somebody they have spirit. Imagine a priest <laughs> being like, y- y- I'm not gonna say you're like a sinful person, but I but just you're say not you have cured. S- you're you not have cured. spiritual cancer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm very happy about the results. I'm glad you don't have cancer. I'm glad it's benign. Yes. Me too. Uh, do they have to, like, surgically take it out or anything, or is it just gonna well, chill? Well, they want to do another CT scan in, like, six months, and that will, that will show them whether it's grown at all. Um, <laughs> That'll show them. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, so, it's not cancer, but apparently these things can still grow a little bit over time and so that that can yeah. cause some minor problems and so right so you just got to keep an eye yeah, on yeah well if it if they find that it's growing then they might take it out or something otherwise they don't have to do anything like it's it can just chill there yeah i yep. got a copy of nice. my full body bone scan on a well i want to print it out and like put it on my wall so i have my skeleton up on that <laughs> That's but, pretty cool. Honestly. They, for some reason, did you know they call it a boner, but it's made out of cartilage and blood? <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> Why would you <laughs> say that? I was just thinking. I was just. A, I was, <laughs> it's just cartilage and blood. <laughs> Dude, is this the they first time you've ever thought about that? <laughs> Yeah, I don't. They don't tell you that in school. They don't teach you that. Dude, they don't I had want this you to thought know. Whenever I was like eleven years old, I was like, "That's such a weird name for." Well, I don't know. I never connected it. <laughs> Anyways, so so the thing is about his bone scan is that it doesn't actually have his yeah, penis. Yeah, you can't see it. You can't That's see my kidney. That's what my point was. You can see that I only yeah. have one kidney. How did how did that happen? Um, How did that I, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's like a little bone. In it's the so the way a <laughs> bone scan works is they inject you with like a radioactive isotope that gets absorbed mm-hmm. by the bones, and then it uh, like emits radiation that's picked up by the scan cameras. And so I bet it goes through the so, kidney. Well, clearly the kidney absorbs some of the isotope. Um, yeah. which mm-hmm. there's that's, some kind of that's what it's supposed metabolism to do. probably occurs in the kidney of mm-hmm. the, yeah. of whatever it is. They in, do they inject it straight into your bloodstream? Yeah, like it's like it's okay. intravenous. I'm sh- I'm sure that gets there fast then. Well, yeah, yeah you have mm-hmm. to. They inject you, and then you have to like leave and come back after a few hours because you have to. Do some you jumping to jacks. Get it, get it pumping. Yeah. But yeah. They gave it. They gave Dude, the, They gave you a jump rope. Yeah. They gave me the skin. Tell you to run around Images <laughs> on a CD-ROM because apparently they have to. They have to like put stuff like that on CD-ROMs. So I'm gonna have to buy like a USB <laughs> optical drive to open That's... it because I don't have an optical drive. When's the last? A CD wrong. It's insane That's how awesome. like the medical industry is still using fax and like CD ROMs. Yeah. 
I don't know what. Well, facts. I mean, we we still use MP3 in the music industry. That's pretty facts. Barbaric. The thing about facts is that it's very secure. Like it's more secure than email or something yeah. like that. So facts, you kind of let it slide because it's like. <laughs> they gotta figure something else. Out. Yeah, I don't One know. But 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 facts is like more right. secure because I think it goes under landlines. Or something like that. Have y'all ever had a fax happen while you're on a phone call? I don't actually call? know how it works, but when we used to have a landline, whenever we got a fax, the phone would ring. So. Yeah, I bet it is a landline then for a lot of people yeah. at least. They probably have internet faxes, but I think for most people it's a landline. Uh, yeah. my, you can have a fax my... somehow go through a landline. It's like you pick up your phone and then you just hear like the obnoxious mm-hmm. like beeping sound. Yeah, back well that was back up when everything was a land that was back up when the internet was a landline. Right, but uh, that can still happen with faxes. Like oh, I've yeah. had that happen to me. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> um Yeah, that's well the, that's why fax is secure cuz it's right. not internet based. But the thing is you have like uh you had that one I was I listened to this podcast called Darknet Diaries for a bit and it was just about like uh things that happened on the internet like hackers and stuff and there was this hospital that was in this like contentious lawsuit with these parents who had basically alleged that their daughter had been like like abducted by the hospital for like no reason and had been forced not to see their parents because they thought that the parents were like lying and like coaching the kid to like be sick or something and it was this whole debacle and basically anonymous you know those like terrible twitter accounts like called like at your anon op or something like that (laughs) were like this is a tragedy they like saw the like fucking headline and were like this is such a terrible thing for this hospital to do and so they and so this one guy who owns one of these accounts and a couple of other people but this one guy spearheaded it ddos their website while they were in the middle of a fundraiser and they got their website taken down because it was like not prepared for anything like that and uh they like had to like track down the guy (laughs) and then it came out that like the parents were like doing weird things with their daughter and it, it wasn't as clear cut as it was actually made out to be and then you have like ransomware that gets into hospitals like software and basically like stops the hospital from actually working and so they literally have to pay the fee to actually get it to work which that's I think crazy is, yeah that's yeah crazy. did not know that was a thing you didn't know that yeah ransomware gets into hospitals and it like it fucks them up because they have to use it right that's- and so, you know, it's worth it for them to, like, yeah. pay the hackers, which is Word. pretty sad. Uh, yeah. Well, hosp- on that note, I think um, we, we should probably stop. This is, like, an hour, and okay. I got homework, okay. and I got to get up at 7 a.m. I think this was a good session. one. I think this was pretty this strong. Was a, this was a good one. Yeah. I like this one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so thanks for listening, guys. Um, next time we're going to play Among Us. Well, I'm never playing Among Us. I know. I we did not talk about that before. I just said <laughs> we're I gonna mean, play maybe Among it's Us. Fun. I just, I feel like I don't know. I feel like if I wanted to play Among Us, I would be so perpetually embarrassed for being so late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It was cool to play like three, four, five um, months ago. Eight months ago. Yeah, nine months right. Ago. <laughs> yeah. No, nice. I think I I think I missed the train. I missed the yeah. boat, and I'll just I'll just pass. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll hop on the next thing. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. 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 Are we? Goodbye. Thank you for watching the Joe Rogan Experience. <laughs>